This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hey folks, how's it going? Welcome to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. This is episode number 90, entitled, Was Jesus Exalted to the Status of Heavenly Angels After His Resurrection? As always, the Biblical Unitarian Podcast is the podcast, the one-stop shop to help you start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Dustin Smith. As always, I am your host. As of late, the podcast has been interested in examining whether the suggestion made by some ancient and even modern Christians that Jesus Christ is actually an angel from heaven is the assertion of any or all of the New Testament writers. Thus far, the four gospel writers are unanimous in never portraying Jesus as any sort of heavenly angel, either before his coming into existence, during his earthly ministry, or after his resurrection. For these four evangelists, Jesus is the human Messiah, anointed and empowered by the true God. But the fact remains that every one of the documents contained within the New Testament was produced after Jesus' resurrection, thus reflecting a post-resurrection experience and understanding of how Jesus functions in God's world. It is the firm conviction shared by Acts, Paul, Hebrews, and John the Revelator, that Jesus was highly exalted after his resurrection from the dead. Could it be that Jesus, who doesn't seem to be exalted to equality with the Father, was elevated to becoming one of the heavenly angels, perhaps even the angel of the Lord, or one of the archangels? Our task today is to look at the theology of the book of Acts to see how Jesus is portrayed in the summarized preaching of the early church as they take their message from Jerusalem all the way to Rome. Is the risen Jesus just a synonymous term for the angel of the Lord, according to Acts? Does Jesus remain human after his resurrection? according to the preaching of the early church? Or has he been exalted to the status of the heavenly angels? These are the questions we will attempt to answer in this episode of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. It is prudent for our study to remind our listeners that Acts is the second of Luke's two-volume work, Luke-Acts. The Gospel of Luke was written in anticipation of the book of Acts, and Acts presupposes that the reader has already read through the initial volume, the Gospel of Luke. Lucky for us, Luke's Gospel has a comment in its last chapter, chapter 24, about Jesus' state post-resurrection, which is a good reminder for our inquiry regarding Jesus' post-resurrection status read this quick passage out of Luke 24, starting in verse 37. But they were startled and frightened, and thought, 
that they were seeing a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Luke 24, verses 37 through 40. We could see there that after Jesus' resurrection, he is not some sort of anti-matter spirit. Rather, Jesus says and proves to his disciples that he is immortalized flesh and bones. He still appears to be a human being. And of course, he demonstrates this by showing his hands and his feet to those who saw him after his resurrection. Having established a foundation bearing Luke's own theology, let's turn to the book of Acts to see how Jesus is depicted vis-a-vis heavenly angels. Our first point today is looking at the angel of the Lord in the book of Acts. It's very interesting that the angel of the Lord or an angel of the Lord appears quite frequently in the book of Acts. Maybe the book of Acts is trying to portray this angel of the Lord as the risen and exalted Jesus. Let's look at some of these passages. I'm just going to read these passages in succession. I'm going to start in Acts chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. They laid hands on the apostles and put them in a public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the gates of the prison, and taking them out, he said, Go, stand, and speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life. That again is Acts 5, verses 18 through 20. Seems to be a regular depiction of an angel of the Lord. There's no indication that Luke wants us to believe that this angel of the Lord is the risen Jesus. Moving on to Acts chapter 8, verse 26, which says, But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. That again is Acts 8, 26. Again, a basic description of an angel of the Lord. We don't get any impression that this is the risen Jesus. Moving on to Acts chapter 10, starting in verse 3. About the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God, who had just come in and said to him, Cornelius. After fixing his gaze on him and being much alarmed, he said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now dispatch some men to Joppa and send for a man named Simon, who is also called Peter. He is staying with a tanner named Simon, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who was speaking to him had left, he summoned two of his servants. Acts chapter 10, verses 3 through 7. There it just seems that an angel appears in a vision to Cornelius and tells him to go find Peter. Yes, this angel is described as Lord. It could just be a polite way of saying sir or master, as the Greek word kyrios could be translated. 
but there's no indication here that Cornelius has seen either in a vision or personally the exalted Jesus. Next passage is still in Acts chapter 10, more on the subject of Peter and Cornelius, starting in verse 21. Peter went down to the men and said, Behold, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for which you have come? They said, Cornelius, a centurion, a righteous and God-fearing man, well spoken of by the entire nation of the Jews, was divinely directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and hear a message from you. Acts chapter 10, verses 21 through 22. Again, the angel is further defined as a holy angel. It's not defined as Jesus or the risen Lord. Moving along to Acts chapter 11. I am going to start in verse 12. The Spirit told me to go with them without misgivings. These six brethren also went with me, and we entered the man's house, and he reported to us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa, and have Simon, who is also called Peter, brought here. That's Acts chapter 11, verses 12 through 13. Peter here is recalling the incident where he met the associates of Cornelius. And again, in this incident, it was an angel that appeared to Cornelius. Let's continue on. Acts chapter 12, an important passage for our study here, starting in verse 7. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and a light shone in the cell, and he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, Get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all the Jewish people were expecting. That is Acts chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. We can see here that an angel of the Lord appeared to Peter while Peter was in prison. At first, Peter wasn't sure whether it was an angel or whether he was just seeing a vision, but it turned out to be true. It was real. It was genuine. After Peter had escaped, he realized and even said, quote, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me. That is Acts chapter 12 and verse 11. It's very important there that not only is the angel not identified with Jesus, the angel is differentiated from the risen Jesus because this angel was sent by the risen Lord Jesus. I'm presuming that the Lord who sent forth his angel is the Lord Jesus rather than the Lord God. But it seems there that Jesus has an angel or some angels at his command 
And it's reasonable to presume that Jesus is elevated above these angels if he has angels under his command. Moving along in Acts chapter 12, let's look at verse 23. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God and he was eaten by worms and died. That's what happened to Herod in Acts chapter 12 and verse 23. There it's an angel of the Lord. No indication that it's Jesus or the risen one or the exalted Lord Messiah. It's just the basic description of an angel of the Lord. Let's look towards the end of the book of Acts, Acts chapter 27. We can see one of the speeches here with Paul, starting in verse 23. For this very night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood before me saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar and behold, God has granted you all those who are sailing with you. That's Acts 27, verses 23 through 24. We can see that an angel of the God whom Paul serves appeared at the nighttime and spoke encouraging and comforting words to Paul. Paul does not say that this is the risen Jesus, despite the fact that the book of Acts is going to have three different occurrences of Paul describing his experience with the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus. That experience, that encounter with the risen Jesus that Paul had is described in three different places in the book of Acts. More on that later. In the book of Acts, the angel of the Lord, or specifically an angel of the Lord, appears quite frequently, as we have observed. And yet, Luke never makes a suggestion that this angel is actually one and the same person as the risen Jesus. In fact, Jesus sent his angel to rescue Peter, suggesting that angels are under his command and that Jesus is positioned above the angels. Thus far, we don't get any indication in the book of Acts that Jesus has been exalted to the status of a heavenly angel or that he has adopted the form of a heavenly angel. Let's move on to our next point, point number two, which is the exalted status of the risen Jesus. In the sermon that Peter gave in Acts chapter 2, one of his concluding statements says in verse 36, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. That's Acts 2.36. We can see there that at the exaltation, Jesus is exalted to the status of Lord and Christ. This status of Lord here is the second Lord of Psalm 110.1, the one that is distinguished from the first Lord, which is Yahweh, the one true God. And Christ here is the anointed king, the anointed king of God's kingdom, the Jewish Messiah. So yes, Jesus is highly exalted after his resurrection, but it doesn't seem here when Peter is clearly defining the nature of Jesus' exalted status that Jesus is exalted to an archangel, to one of the heavenly hosts, or an angel of the Lord. No, 
Jesus is exalted to the status of Lord, as defined by Psalm 110.1, and the status of Christ, the anointed Jewish king. Moving on, let's look in Acts chapter 17, verses 30 through 31, where it will talk about the status of Jesus when he returns to judge the living and the dead. Let's start here in Acts chapter 7, verse 30. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent, because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. That's Acts 17, verses 30 through 31. We can see there that Jesus, who is described here as a man, as a human being, has been raised from the dead. This is proof to all people. And God is going to judge the world through this human being in righteousness on the day that he has fixed. This would be the day of the second coming, the day that Christians know as the parousia, and Jesus will return that day as a human being. No indication here that Jesus is an angel, an archangel, angel of the Lord, or anything like that. He is still a human being, despite being raised from the dead. Our third point today, we'll be looking at the exalted Jesus who appeared to Paul. I mentioned earlier that the episode where Jesus appears to Paul on the road to Damascus is recounted three different times in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 9, chapter 22, and chapter 26. It's interesting here to see how it is portrayed that Jesus speaks to Paul, at the time known as Saul of Tarsus, and what Jesus actually says. So let's look at these three examples. Acts chapter 9 and verse 5 is our first one. And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Acts chapter 9 and verse 5. Jesus responds there by using his human name, Jesus, and he is able to communicate to Saul of Tarsus. Let's look at our next example, Acts chapter 22 and verse 8. Paul says, And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus the Nazarene, whom you are persecuting. Acts 22, verse 8. Jesus again responds here by announcing his human name, Jesus, but also gives the title, I am Jesus the Nazarene the one from Nazareth. Again, this is a very human way of describing Jesus. And the last example is in Acts chapter 26, verse 15. Paul says, And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. That again is Acts 26, verse 15. Much of the same, just like we saw in the first account, Jesus responds by announcing his human name, Jesus, and says that Jesus is the one whom Paul is persecuting. So when Jesus reveals himself in the book of Acts, and by the way, again, this is the crucified, risen, and exalted Jesus, he defines himself as the Jesus that we all know, the 
Jesus with the human name. And on one occasion, we see here that it's Jesus the Nazarene. So, in conclusion, we have observed that Luke's summary of the early church's preaching in its attempt to pass along the gospel message from Jerusalem to the very ends of the earth mentions Jesus and angels quite frequently. However, there is no indication that Luke wanted his readers to confuse the exalted Jesus with one of the heavenly angels, whether that be an angel of the Lord or one of the archangels. We first noted that the book of Acts quite regularly spoke of an angel of the Lord appearing to or speaking with the disciples. But never is it suggested or hinted that this angel is actually the risen Jesus Christ. In fact, Acts chapter 12 verse 11 suggests that Jesus has been exalted above the angels to the point where Jesus has at least one angel whom he is able to send out for rescue missions. If Jesus has angels under his command, it goes to show that Jesus is ranked above the heavenly angels. That's a reasonable assumption. Second, we saw that Jesus' exaltation was to the status of Lord and Christ. Never once is it said that Jesus was exalted to the status of a heavenly angel or an archangel. Furthermore, the return of Jesus to judge the world on behalf of the true God was described with Jesus as a human being, strongly suggesting that Jesus currently is a human being, just as he was when he died. Lastly, we observed that the risen Jesus who appeared to Saul of Tarsus, known to us now as Paul the Apostle, was just that, the risen Lord Jesus. Jesus was exalted to the position of Lord, but he still was the Jesus we know from the Gospel of Luke. At one point, Jesus defines himself as Jesus the Nazarene. He never claims to be Michael the Archangel or the Angel of the Lord. He calls himself by his human name, despite his exalted status. It is safe to conclude that the preaching of the early church, as summarized in the book of Acts, did not portray or depict Jesus as having been exalted to the status of the angel of the Lord, to the status of an archangel, or to any of the heavenly host. Jesus was raised as a human being. He exists now as an immortalized human being at God's right hand, and he is coming again to judge the world in righteousness as a human being. This was Luke's Christology as depicted in the book of Acts, which was written late in the first century CE. Next week, we will look at the letters of Paul to see how he regarded the exalted status of Jesus. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on the release of our upcoming episodes. And if you are a regular listener, thank you so much for listening and supporting the podcast. If you'd like to financially support the podcast with a small donation, be sure to check out the PayPal link that is associated with the episode or on the attached Google document. 
Thanks again so much for listening to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. My name is Dustin Smith. Until next time, you folks take care.